Um, all right, let's get into it. We're going to be getting into Thor, Love and Thunder. So Thor, Love and Thunder, um, like I said, is the fourth film in the Thor franchise. We're going to be doing a nice spoiler review for it. Um, again, Taika Waititi is back. He directed Thor Ragnarok. Um, and back again as Chris Hemsworth as the titular character Thor. Uh, and some returning people. Um, returning people you haven't seen in a while. Like Natalie Portman, who's coming back as the character of Jane Foster. Jane Foster, who we last saw in Thor 2, Thor the Dark World. Um, which... Uh, a lot of people now are going like, uh, maybe, you know, Thor The Dark World was not so bad after seeing this, uh, Love and Thunder. Uh, as I can see, some people going like, yeah, there was kind of a lot of great things about that movie. Uh, I'm kind of going to be getting into a little bit of discussion about Phase 4, this newest Thor movie. Uh, how's it How's it really, uh, you know, stack up against the other Thor movies? Um, you know, is it is the worst? Is it the best? Is it in the middle somewhere? So we're kind of going to be getting all into that. Um, so here, you know, we're going to really, you know, like I said, it's a spoiler review. Going to really let loose with all the details in the movie. So if you have not seen the movie, you know, we are doing a spoiler review uh, for it. Uh, come back in probably like 30 minutes, uh, you know, or so. We're probably going to be done. But yeah, like I said, we're going to delve into all the things, including the po two post-credit scenes uh, of this movie and all the details of it. So. In this movie, um, you have the villain of the film, who's played by Christian Bale, uh, Gore the God Butcher. Gore the God Butcher, who is from the comics, um, whose whole mission is to kill the gods after being uh, pretty much betrayed by them, pretty much you know spit on by them, uh, decides to be set on a mission to kill all the gods with the uh, Necro Sword, uh, as it is. Um, which is a shame they couldn't really include a lot of the stuff that the sword is a symbiote because obviously Sony owns that with the Venom stuff, but that was kind of a little disappointing. Uh, but you have that here, um, and they, he comes in to intersect with Thor, and Thor must stop Gore uh, from killing all these other gods and from reaching uh, the point of uh, eternity is what they call it. Uh, that's what he was, is, uh, that's center of the yeah. universe um, where he can wish for all the gods to be dead. Um, yeah, so, um, with this film, uh, I gave my thoughts on it yesterday, um, in non-spoiler review, which you all can watch in the full pod that's up right now on YouTube, um, but my initial thoughts on it was, I don't think it's better than Ragnarok, um, but I think that it's somewhere, you know, it's, I th still think it's the second best of these Thor movies, Thor as a character, uh, I know there's been some talk about ever since Ragnarok onward that people have not liked that character, change me personally i've liked you know thor ragnarok was a film that i loved um i think it's one of the few great mcu movies there uh, there is and i think i like the direction of the character change that thor has had i know some people really don't um and i think that i can see some people's points with this where with love and thunder that yeah there was a lot of jokes in here some didn't really work all that well uh but taika watiti it seems like it was a lot of rapid fire kind of going on it, it felt like it was his character from Free Guy directing Thor, Love and Thunder, and not Taika Waititi that we saw from What We Do in the Shadows or, you know, Hunt for the Wilder People directing, like how he did in Ragnarok. Uh, but I did like the look of the movie. I did like the chemistry between Jane and between Thor. I thought that was really great. Um, but I wanted to kind of get you guys' thoughts uh, on the film. Uh, Hunter. Yeah, so uh, I, uh, since, the, uh, since I started my podcast, I've reviewed every Marvel film. Um, the median for me is usually about between like a B and a B plus. I think Marvel rarely, rarely misses. Um, I had nerds come after my black ass because I gave Ragnarok a B and people came out with their torches like, how fucking dare you? And I was like, mm. I liked it. I just don't, I don't love it. I'm sorry. And I've gone back and watched it like two or three times and I just, 
I don't know. I, I think the big thing for me is that for Ragnarok being the end of Asgard, I did think the film was too jokey for 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 for, mm-hmm. for me at least. Um, I thought it needed to be. It should have been a little more serious with Asgard ending. Um, so yeah, so that was just kind of like my hang up with it. So heading into this, I was really curious because I'm such a fan of Taika. You know what we do in the shadows, of course. Um, uh, Jojo Rabbit, I think, is one of the best movies in the last decade. I wow. fucking love Jojo. I, I love Jojo Rabbit. Oh, okay. And so, so I was, so I was really curious going into this. And goddamn, this movie just really works for me. I, really? I had so much fun. I had so much fun with this movie. It's not perfect. Um, there are some jokes that. Um, that I did kind of just go like, eh, all right, like that didn't that like that one didn't hit for me. But there, but I can count on one hand how many uh, jokes there were that missed for me. Uh, people going like, this is worse than a dark world. Or, you're you're just wrong. You're you're so genuinely wrong. Like I don't <laughs> like it's kind of ridiculous how wrong you are. Um, they draw a lot from uh, Jason Aaron's uh, 2013 uh, Thor run. Uh, here, especially with Gore and with uh, with Jane Foster and Natalie Portman. First off, bravo for getting to ridiculous shape to play uh, to to play the Mighty Thor. Uh, Natalie Portman, you know, I mean, she always looks amazing, but she really put in the work um, with the action scenes and everything. I think the way that she uses uh, Milner, uh, especially, makes her feel very very credible uh, to wield uh, to wield the hammer and. So many of her character beats, especially with the whole uh, cancer diagnosis, which is from the comic, um, they do a really good job. Uh, Portman does a really good job of relaying that sense of like a ticking clock of oh shit, how much time you know do I do I have left? And one thing that the Dark World really does struggle with is their relationship. Like that was probably my biggest. Just like uh, you guys just are not getting this and. Uh, Korg is a really good narrator here, but they do a really good job of showing just through flashbacks leading up to present how, you know, Thor's an Avenger, Jane is, you know, a very in-demand scientist, and so, like, their schedule's just, I mean, people just grow apart sometimes, it happens, and so when they actually break up and everything and then come back together, it's really cool to see because Thor's experienced so much loss, you know, he's lost Asgard, he's lost Loki, he's lost his dad. Um, you know, the Avengers aren't a thing right now. And so seeing seeing Thor kind of have that realization of, wow, this was one of the few wonderful, stable things in my life, and it just didn't work out. And having that chance to to rekindle that, uh, I think it's inspired. I think Hemsworth uh, does a great job of this being uh, goofy when he needs to be goofy, but being serious when he needs to be serious. Uh, Christian Bale... Uh, Goddamn, uh, the whole gore arc just works so well for me. Um, he, there is this one shot of him when he uh, kidnaps the kids, where he comes uh, comes through the cage, like pops up through the back, and that shit scared my ass so bad. I was like, "Oh shit, okay." Like, there's a couple actual very intense uh, moments with Bale's gore that uh, really worked for me, but. I've got a lot more to say, but I'll pass off to someone else. But I really enjoyed it. Uh, Ashley? Uh, I think you nailed it earlier when you're 
say that um, that you like this iteration of or uh, of Thor more than the previous versions because I I really have never been interested in the character of Thor. I've always found him an incredibly boring character, and especially in the first two movies, it's like I can I can take or leave those ones honestly. That you know when you treat him as a serious character, and it was only until Taika picked him up in Ragnarok and made it made him a comedic character that I actually started to care because it leans on all of Chris Hemsworth's best strength as an actor because he's an incredibly funny guy and yeah. he does he he walks that line between action hero and comedian such a plum that it's, it's, it should almost be criminal how well he does it and how well he balances the two and I honestly, I think Ragnarok nailed it, um, and this is a continuation of it. And I like this version of Thor. His, Taika made me actually give a crap about Thor for the first time, and this movie was no different. I I think you're right. I think it's probably not better than Ragnarok, but it's damn close in my opinion, and. I just pound for pound. I just had a blast watching in the movie from beginning to end like it's the movie's like what two hours long a little over two, two hours, hours. yeah and it, it felt it was 40 minutes by the time i got to, to the end of it the whole thing was just it's freight train that moved along and i was never not entertained there was absolutely not a single lull moment in the film and there's so many goddamn jokes in this movie and honestly they all worked for me for the most part I've seen people complain about, you know, the goats, how it's this one joke that gets so used over good. and over and over again. So good. The goat never got old for me. Same. Every single time I laughed at the goats, it should have been grating at a certain point, but it never stopped being funny <coughs> for me. And that's kind of what this movie is. It, it, like, it, it probably feels more like an inconsequential film, even though there are some genuine emotional beats. Um especially with Jane's story in this film, but it plays much more like a fun, breezy, entertaining romp of a film. And I I just absolutely loved it. I adored this film. The, the people who are hating on this film and calling it the period, worst period, movie ever period, I have no idea what movie these people are watching. Like, I don't want to say, you know, that they're wrong or they're bad or anything like that. Because it's like, whatever, different opinions. If it didn't work for you, I'm sorry it didn't work for you. I wish you saw the movie that I saw. But I honestly don't know what movie they were watching. Because I thought this movie was just like... Uh, it was It was probably the most fun Marvel movie that I've seen yet. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Matt, did you see it by any chance? No, I, I didn't get to see it yet. Uh, release here on Thursday, but I spent you know, the weekend at the beach. So. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, so I guess, yeah, if you wanted to mute us, uh, you know, if we're talking about spoilers, I guess you could do that. Um, I'm going to have you up next uh, after we do this. Uh, you and Hunter do minions uh, for that. I'm going to have you up next. Um, yeah, so, uh, with, so with this movie, yeah, I mean... I don't think I'm a high on, uh, as high on it uh, as you two are. Um, I mean, call it one of the most entertaining uh, kind of Marvel movies. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not as high as that uh, on this film. Uh, you know, there's some moments, yeah, I think that really didn't work. And there's some moments that I think that really did. Um, I think it's kind of somewhat a little bit of a mixed bag there. 
Um, you know, the screaming goat stuff, I think it was funny the first couple of times, you know what I mean? I think they kind of run it into the ground a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I don't begrudge anyone who felt like that joke wore itself out. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the one joke I'll go like, yeah, fair enough, but I, I giggled each time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a little, uh, kind of one note. I, I did like the humor involving, you know, kind of this four way between Thor and Jane and Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. I, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was pretty good. Um, you know what I mean? Just the relationship between all four of them. And like I said, I, I enjoyed that they actually make me made me care about the Thor and Jane relationship, something I didn't before in the previous movies. Um, here, I think, you know, it's given more context to the relationship. Um, and I think it really makes you care about the two of them. And then I think this is the best chemistry they've ever had in any of the other movies before, um, which I thought was another great thing. Um, and to see kind of, you know, I, I think some other returning characters like Valkyrie. Tessa Thompson is always great um, as, as Valkyrie. Yeah. I think she has so much fun in that role. Um, you know, that was much appreciated. And then right to come back as Korg. Uh, you know, I like Korg. I think Korg's a, a, a decent addition uh, to these movies. Uh, the Guardian stuff, I mean, they're only in the movie for the first 10 minutes, uh, you know, of the film. There's really, I don't think there's, I think you could have done some better stuff with him and the Guardians, you know, than what they did. Uh, is is Thor supposed to be in the next Guardians movie too, or no? No. So so apparently it's just Guardians. Yeah, because because they're introducing Adam Warlock, so that's going to be the big arc for uh, for that movie. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is basically like this is where we continue off from what was it uh, Endgame, where they all like yeah. yes off yeah. together. Thor's going with them on whatever adventures, and by the time we get to the end of Thor. Uh, Love and Thunder is like Thor's like left the Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm guessing by the time we get to Guardians Three, Thor's not going to be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I just thought you could have done better stuff with them. Um, I thought yeah, you know, the movie you know coming in at two hours, it it did feel like yeah. I mean it was like oh you know I think that time went by pretty fast, but there's a lot of this movie that does feel like it's cut. Like I think there could have been a lot more gore stuff. Um, I think there could have been more stuff with Christian Bale as a character. I did really like him, but it just felt like he wasn't in the movie nearly enough. Um, I actually wanted to see him kill more gods because you only really get to see him kill one god throughout the entire movie. The rest is just shown on screens um, or the aftermath of it. Um, to see Jamie Alexander come back as Lady Sif, uh, I liked Jamie Alexander. Um, you know, I liked her as Lady Sif. I mean, she was—I guess she was the only person that people even remembered who the per you know who the other team of his members were. Um, the what they call the Warriors Three plus Sif, right? Yeah, they, they they so yeah they got done dirty in Ragnarok. That was my bit. That was one of my bigger complaints. I was like, God damn, they were just like like they were nothing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but yes, I mean, but they Sif got, got, got dirty. But how many people can even remember their names? Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> um, yeah, so in you know in this, and then he continues to do them th dirty Taquatiti, where he says, "Oh, that guy," and then that guy when he's mentioning all the bad stuff that yeah, you know I mean that's was... ever happened to him. Um, he continues to kind of disrespect them there. Uh, but yeah, so she's back, and she's in a very comic accurate costume when you see her. Um, yep. You know, which was which was nice. And the only reason I think I don't think her character got killed in that mass, you know, ex you know, extinction of all the other kind of Asgardians, is because she was filming Blind Spot at the time Ragnarok was going on, so she couldn't be there. Yes, but they they confirmed she actually was a victim of uh, the snap. Uh, okay, too, so 
Yeah. Is. So that's the reason why she probably wasn't there for that. Um, yeah, and she's in the movie for a little bit. Um, I think it's, a lot of the stuff is kind of super fast-paced and kind of, you know what I mean, it feels like so much stuff was kind of cut out. And, and maybe they said there's like a four-hour cut of this movie, uh, you know, and then Taika Waititi even said he doesn't want to see that cut released. He said that a lot of it just didn't work, you know what I mean? It was kind of a lot of rapid-fire kind of stuff. Um, when they go to the, uh, the, the city, uh, what was the name of the city with all the gods? Omnipotent city. Yeah. I had you say that. I was like, uh, what was the name of that city again? Cause I wanted you to say it. I, I didn't want to fuck it up like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. uh, but yeah, I thought that was, I thought Russell Crowe Zeus. What were your thoughts on Russell Crowe Zeus? You you want to go, Ashley? <laughs> sure. I I mean, I thought he was fine. He was fun. Um, it, it was just kind of like a one note. What are they going for? Okay, we have a bunch of petulant gods. They're basically hiding out and pretending that, you know, they're king shit of the universe, but not afraid to actually really do anything. And, you know, I thought Russell Crowe felt that role fine. He's, uh, it's, it almost seemed like he was uh, almost playing like a parody of like the machoism of some of his earlier roles like Gladiator and whatnot. So yeah. I thought I thought he was a lot of fun in the role, even though he isn't a very big part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Question for either oh. of you. Like, have you ever heard Zeus with a Greek accent before? I mean, in the old, like, you know, Clash of the Titans. And yeah. Even then, I, if I recall, it was, like, more of, like, a British accent. Yeah. I, like, I think I've seen it. I think I've seen Zeus more of a Greek with that accent plays and I've seen in like actual media <laughs> yeah. because yeah. And in like the, the more recent clash, of the tight moves, wasn't it? Uh, it was Liam Neeson, right? Yeah. yeah he so did. They have like <laughs> heavy Irish accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zeus following black. <laughs> yeah. Zeus following black people home from bars. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, Zeus. So the thing that I'm loving about Phase Four, and I know people are just like, "Ah, oh, Phase Four is the worst," which you know we've been spoiled. But Phase Four feels like it's been it's being written by an atheist, and I find that incredibly hilarious because every movie is just more of a dig at like the concept of God in general. Because Thor talks about how you know Zeus is like his hero and like inspired you know a lot of his powers and his moves and all that, and. Zeus just tears that shit down so quickly to reveal, yeah, I'm a total piece of shit. And you're like, God, that that took like five minutes. Fuck. Okay. And it's hmm. it's 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 done in like kind of a ha ha way, but it's actually pretty tragic when Thor's just like, God damn, dude, I look, yeah, God damn, uh, like I looked like I look like I looked up to you, motherfucker. Like, why are you, you know, why are you so fucking afraid? And um, that's one reason why the gore stuff works for me so well, because, um, you know, if, if you're familiar with your Bible kids, uh, you know, the story of Job in the Old Testament, uh, you know, where, you know, God basically, you know, act, tells Satan, like, oh, I can take everything away from this guy, he'll still worship me, and it's, it's very, it's similar in ways to, to this, because, you know, gore really does lose everything. And, you know, he praises God, and the God's just like, oh, you're a stupid human, and, like, fucking spits on him, and goes, like, you're not shit. And and Gore just goes, oh, hey, sword, and <laughs> kills this God. And the thing is, when he's, like, going off on these monologues about how the gods failed him, it's like, as the audience member, I'm like, 
He's not wrong though. Yeah. Like he's he's a thousand percent correct. And he's Thor, a, he's a sympathetic villain. Yeah, and, and, and so when Thor has that realization that the gods are just okay, you know, even Zeus even says Asgardian problems are Asgardian problems, which you just go eek. Like it's it it plays so ugly in the context, but that's the intent, you know, of that. And so um, to to Ashley's point about Russell Crowe. He's we've hit that perfect blend of like mummy Russell Crowe and unhinged like slash the uh, the uh, the nice guys Russell Crowe where he's like bigger but he's not fat like he's like <laughs> like he's yeah. just in shape enough to play Zeus but also not you know fucking ripped and it's 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 so wonderful like when he's talking to Thor and just like yeah have some grapes have some wine and you're just like. Man, you you have a fucking thunderbolt, and you're just like I'm just gonna chill and and, and do nothing. And that scene, of course, has the whole uh, to quote Taika, you get the full Hemsworth, you get uh, you get yeah. you get Chris Hemsworth butt, which I saw <laughs> on an IMAX screen, and oh my god, what a <laughs> like, like, like my my theater damn near gave it the standing ovation. Like I was like Jesus Christ, which hey, you know, enjoy, but. Um, yeah, that whole scene is uh, is a lot of is a lot of fun. I I will say I kind of wish Gore would have shown up there, and that's one of my few gripes with the movie. I wish he would have shown up there and killed a couple gods because I felt like that was a perfect place to have him kind of yeah. kind of go on a rampage. But um, but to see Thor's kind of that uh, that pedestal that he had the gods on torn down still works for me. But um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was going to happen in that moment, actually, when he was there. Um, and I, I was kind of surprised they show full ass. It's the full moon that, that that happens. And they also mention orgies twice in a in an MCU movie. Uh, yeah. They also mentioned that. Um, yeah. He also swore a lot in the movie. He said shitty quite a few times in the movie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I kind of missed that. Yeah. But uh, you kind of see that happen in this film. Um some of the negatives I had with, like I said, the humor, uh, but also I think some of the VFX stuff um, in it is not... Yeah, I think the look of the movie overall looks good. Like, I like all the... When they go to the, the city with all the gods, I think that looks very good. I think Thor and all his different, you know, costumes look good. Um, you know, it's another issue I kind of have sometimes with this, not only in this movie, but in superhero movies in general, is the stuff with the mask of how it kind of just, you know, kind of, you know, digitally gets removed or something like that, you know, like it's nanotechnology or something, instead of actual, like, a physical-looking helmet that somebody puts on and off, you know, it's just like, it's like when Black Panther was in Civil War, it's like, I like that it looked more like a physical costume and he took the helmet off, and that just looked better than what, you know, in his own movie, we had, like, the beads, the just, you know, kind of came all over him. I don't know, it's just a personal thing with me. I, I agree with you, like, 99%, but it's also kind of like a practicality thing, and ultimately you want to be able to see the actor's face, but you also want to, like, not just, like, do Stallone Judge Dredd, where we just jettison the helmet entirely. Hey, hey Carl Urban and, Judge Dredd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's... I. I just kind of accept it as just like, okay, well, this is kind of what we have to do because we're making a movie and we want to see actors' faces. But at the same time, we still want to have this headgear, so we got to do the nanotechnology thing. And I sort of agree. I think it's a little bit of a lame cop-out. I don't love it. I just kind of tolerate it. Hmm. You get what you're saying, though. Like, it doesn't bug me, but, like, to Ashley's point, the practicality of, like, 
Wakandan tech in general. There's no fucking way you could, like, yeah. you know, build something to be like that. But I do get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, if they kept having a take on the masks or take on helmets and, you know, do that constantly, they would probably just find an excuse, like, in a horror movie to lose people's cell phones. They would find an excuse to lose people's helmets or masks somewhere <laughs> in the story. There. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what were kind of you guys' thoughts on the VFX? Because I know, I think... You know how do you know how many MCU projects there have been this year? That, that oh, right, uh, thirty. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is the this is the second theatrical. Yes. But then you have what, like two Disney Plus Mo- series? Yeah, Moon Knight was this year, and then we've got Miss Marvel yeah, going Ms. Marvel. on right now, so that's four. And then She Hulk uh, is coming. Black Panther two. Yeah, She Hulk is She Hulk is August. Yeah. Black Panther is November. Um, I think that's it for the rest of the year. Yeah. Do you think it's just too many projects and, and you know, that's forcing, like, the VFX team to kind of rush? Because I, I was looking on, I saw something where somebody was also saying, like, they were working on the VFX. Um, I don't know if it's completely true or not, but it was, like, a Reddit post where somebody was like, yeah, you know, it's like they want these kind of things out so fast that we can't meet that demand. And a lot of VFX people, it seems like they're overworked and underpaid. For kind of what they're doing, that's why you kind of see a little of this stuff that kind of looks shoddy a lot of the times. Because I thought there were moments in this movie, like with the goats and everything, that didn't look really all that good. What what kind of your thoughts on? Yes and no, but it's not a Marvel problem; it's an industry wide problem. Yeah, because every movie at this point that goes out theatrically, more or less, has pretty substantial visual effects in it. Like the amount of visual effects that were in films twenty years ago, as opposed to today. It's a ridiculous jump. Every shot in these movies is a visual effects shot. And these all go out to, even though Marvel has, like, partners for VFX vendors that they work with, they have, like, you know, um, a slew of, of companies that they work with, like uh, Lola and Third Floor and um, Method and a bunch of other VFX houses that they spread this across that they regularly use. Every other film from every other studio is also accessing those vendors and more. And there's just a limit of, like, good VFX at this point is just an equation of um, time plus money, essentially. And there's just not enough time to produce all of the shots that are required for the VFX artists that are in the industry. There's a real kind of limitation. (laughs) And it's the other unfortunate side of this is a lot of this gets pawned off on VFX because VFX at this point is a non-union industry, whereas the rest of the film industry is union. Mm. So it becomes really easy to kind of force this onto VFX houses where that becomes the cheaper solution to mm. films as opposed to fulfilling it in some other way. Um, I really hope that changes in the near future that there is a reckoning in VFX houses do unionize and it's going to be a massive change for the industry but a very necessary change. Hmm. Um, Did you have any issues, any uh, shots in this movie, Thor, Love and Thunder, that you had any issues with that you thought, ooh, that looks really, really rough? I mean, it's... I thought it was fine. Um... I don't tend to pick out that stuff too much because it just it, it doesn't bug me whenever I see like you know VFX shots that you know maybe look a little wonky or whatnot. I just go with it. It's it's not something that I that sticks out to me as all that problematic or whatever. It's uh I don't know. It's it's low on my priority list. Hmm. Hunter. 
Fair. Yeah, uh, for me, the visual effects I thought looked um, basically the way I put it to my friend is if you put uh, if you put Skittles and cotton candy in a blender, that's basically what this movie is. But mm. then on occasion, the movie will go. Oh, so I think the uh, the uh, Shadow Realm stuff is some of my favorite MCU stuff because that's just a great excuse for Taika to go. Oh, we're shooting in black and white for about ten minutes. So I was like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. And there is this great shot of Gore, you know, holding the sword, just telling Thor like, like get over here, motherfucker. I'm like, oh, this is like seeing that big. I was I was just like, yep, I love this. This is this is what I wanted. So there's. There's a um, there's a couple um, my favorite or one of my favorite shots in the MCU is that shot in Endgame where uh, Captain America looks out and he sees Thanos's army coming closer and it's just him on that hill uh, by himself. I absolutely adore that shot. And there is this shot of Gore um, looking down on a new Asgard uh, at night before he's about to invade with his. Uh, his Kingdom Hearts creatures, and uh, and uh, and uh, and that shot in particular is one of my favorite shots in the MCU. So uh, there wasn't anything that really jumped out as far as like I was where I went. Eh, that looks a little rough because there are times I'll notice on occasion where a movie will like have a frame. I'm like, uh, all right, that was a little like, uh, all right, that need another render. But uh, nothing like that that really stood out for me. Um, the use of powers, especially, uh, especially with Jane, um, I really liked how it did look, uh, feel different from Thor as far as like the acrobatic aspect, um, of her using Mjolnir in different ways. So yeah, the visual effects really did actually work for me. Yeah. Um, with the, when it comes to the story of this movie, like you mentioned, Hunter, this is combining the Gore story and the Mighty Thor story. Uh, both were written by Jason Aaron. Um, who had two really great runs, uh, a couple great runs on yes, Thor comics. Yeah. Um, with this, um, I felt like, because I know Ragnarok kind of did, the, they did the same thing when they combined the Planet Hulk stuff and then the Ragnarok storyline. Um, I felt like with this movie, it should have been either the Gore stuff or the Mighty Thor. I don't think those two things meshed kind of well. And I, I think it, it just to me wasn't as seamless as it was in Ragnarok. Um, they try to make a connection here with like Jane, who, if you've read the comics, the whole thing about her becoming Mighty Thor is that she's dying of cancer. But the only time, you know, where she's fully healthy is when she picks up and wields the power uh, of Thor when she's holding Milnir. But it's also uh, Catch-22 because she gets sicker as she's uh, when she is the Mighty Thor. Um, it just felt like, you know, they try to connect that with, you know, Gore the God Butcher because he's also dying from, you know, picking up this weapon as well. I, did you feel them doing both these stories was seamless? Did you feel it was good? Uh, or you think it was just too much? So for me, it definitely works because I think they don't draw a great parallel between uh, Gore, you know, just being a good person, still having shit taken away from him, and, you know, Jane, when, you, when they, you know, they talk about the fact of, like, how much stuff her science, like, her research has gone ahead and just brought up as far as, you know, um, just like looking out into like the different realms and all that, uh, like like she's been an incredibly important figure in you know in science. And the fact that she gets cancer just feels like this completely unfair, um, you know, hand that she's dealt. In the way that her and Gore, um, there's this point where Gore has all three of them tied up, and he kind of has that you know 
that that truth bomb moment where he's like, you know, like you didn't do shit and this is still happening to you. Like, like that's where I'm at. You know, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be fighting me. You should be applauding me. And you, and again, it's that, Oh, he's not wrong. Fuck. That's, that's really dark. And Portman sells that, uh, so incredibly well. Uh, also I love the whole, uh, fact that he calls her lady Thor, because that's what a bunch of, assholes are doing when Jane got the got the mantle and they're like a girl can't be Thor that that bullshit and of course it's maybe the best run of Thor or one of the best runs of Thor they've done and so her actually correcting him on that I thought was a nice you know you know fuck you to the people who are just (laughs) hating on you know a girl can't have a hammer like you know that bullshit so um, I think the stories actually mesh really well Especially at the end where Gore has the chance to, you know, just go, yep, kill all the gods. But, you know, he he chooses love. And that was in the way that was actually done. Uh, I I really did enjoy. So, yeah, for me, the stories do mesh uh, uh, well. I will say I would have liked another, like, I, I could have done with this being like another 20 minutes longer. Yeah. But, yeah. Ashley, yeah, I agree. They're connected really well. Um, there's an interesting piece that I read uh, that talked about how you basically have Gore's origin story here, where, as you said earlier, he's basically um, he, he's his daughter has just died, and he meets his god, and it's like we're dying. We we've been worshiping you. We need salvation. We need your help, and his god doesn't care completely. At all. <laughs> completely ambivalent to the plight and it's just like, yeah, you're supposed to worship me and then die miserable suffering lives. That's your whole purpose here. It's now get away, I'm eating grapes. And that's what starts him on his whole quest to, you know, kill all gods. But on the on the opposite end of that, you have Jane who has now got this this, you know, stage four cancer that she's staring down the barrel of. And what happens but the gods essentially Molnir calls to her and provides her her own path to uh, some form of salvation even though much like Gors it is double edged and it's you know essentially going to going to rob her at the behest of you know what it wants as opposed to what she wants but they they essentially um, exist as two different kind of polar opposites of the the same uh, theological argument in the film, so they they it ed, it ends up creating like a perfect balance in the film, and I don't think if you did one or the other that it would be near at least in the story that they're telling here would it would it you'd you'd have half a story, and I think it really Good. creates a full story in this film. <clears throat> okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. When it comes to uh, like other aspects of the film, I dug the soundtrack, how they had Zeppelin in the last one. They hear with more 80s hard rock where they do Guns N' Roses. Um, I think it's a little too much because you even have a character in this who's Heimdall's son who is now Axel. He goes by Axel. I think that was a little, I think that was a little too much. I, I, so, okay, I love that because I thought that they did Heimdall pretty dirty and I, it, it really felt like Taika went, uh okay how can we like brian o'connor this but not be offensive <laughs> well basically they go like 
it's, go ahead, go ahead. It's funny you bring that up of doing Heimdall dirty because so this because this is spoiled. Like I said, we're gonna spoil the mid credit scene. So the the last post credit scene here that you have, which a trend now with these movies is they'll do two and they'll do one mid credits one that's important to set up stuff later, and then they'll do another one that's kind of like a little light hearted little kind of joke one. And then the last one of this is so Jane dies and she goes to Valhalla, and so is Heimdall. Is he like? Uh, uh, still a doorman? Is is he still like a doorman or what? I mean, because even in heaven, he's still a doorman. He's just in Valhalla. He's just like yeah, he, he's okay, a familiar face. Yeah, so so and it's like what other familiar face would there be that's in Valhalla that Jane would recognize? Yeah, exactly. And, okay. and the thing that's actually and the thing that's actually important about that is that both both scenes are actually important because um, uh, Jane ends up becoming a Valkyrie uh, in the comics. So it, ah, it, it okay. like, so it feels like they're very much like, we want to keep Natalie Portman on board because she's already talked about the fact that she wants to come back for uh, uh, for the next one. And mm-hmm. so that's a very nice way to keep her around. She doesn't have to get into insane shape. <laughs> but if they want to go and make her Valkyrie, that lane is right there and i feel like that's exactly uh what where we're heading with her which is awesome because that's a really fun comic arc um as far as uh heimdall's kid uh that's not a thing in the comics so Mm -hmm. i was actually kind of like oh that's that's new okay um i hope they treat that kid again better than they treat heimdall because that again that was a gripe of mine but the fact that the fact that they had kids in this and the kids weren't just there to be saved. The fact the kids actually got in on like the action, uh, very, very Shazam in that way. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, like, like I definitely was like Tycho's, like, oh Shazam, like, mm-hmm. uh, like it definitely came across like that. But the fact though that not only do the kids, work, the kids able to actually help um, and not just be you know uh, in distress, but you also have another way now to build up Asgard by having, you know, new warriors that Sif and uh, Valkyrie can train. So it actually works uh, double as far as moving forward for, you know, Thor 5. So I actually thought that was really uh, cleverly done. And it was actually cool to see Thor um, kind of in this mentor role throughout the film, like trying to just kind of keep the kids calm and be like, okay, like, yeah. like you, know, I, I, you know, I got this. And it... Um, the surprisingly simple reason for why Gore kidnaps the kids, I was like, oh yeah, you would need Stormbreaker, wouldn't you? Like, it was something that just didn't even, like, honestly occur to me until I got, we got about halfway through and I went, oh, this is why you, okay, okay that makes sense. Like, it's, it's yeah. simple, but it worked, uh, it worked really well for me. Plus, having a girl use a bunny rabbit, uh, to destroy shadow creatures while November Rain is playing, I just went... Yep, this is, like, I know some people won't like this, but I don't fucking care. Like, I, I thought that was so much fun. So, uh, yeah, I actually think uh, Axel, uh, again, little wink-wink. But, yeah, I actually like the fact that they uh, that they pulled that thread. Uh, the, the entire movie was, like, brought to you by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> and while I did like it, it did feel a little bit overkill. Like, in Ragnarok, we had the one song, and when it drops, it's just like, oh my god, this is killer. And then in this movie, it's like, and now time for your fifth Guns N' Roses song, and it's like, yeah. uh... So, that, so... That a bit like Beatty a Dead Horse. So, so for me, it, I, I kind of... I read it kind of like I do, uh, where I read role models, 
where like I don't like Kiss in any way, shape, or form. I think Kiss is like maybe the most horse band of all time. Like Kiss caskets give me fucking break. But whenever I watch Role Models, I'm like, man, Kiss kind of works for me. And then I listen to it outside of Role Models. I'm like, oh no, this I, I don't like Kiss. But uh, I'm I'm more of a fan of Roses than Kiss, so it, it didn't it didn't bug me. But if there if there are people who say that, I I kind of get it but it didn't take I away i think i more would rather like it is obviously like especially by the time you get to the end credits and you see the credit treatment it's like the the aesthetic they're going for is painfully obvious you know where they're going for that like you know saturday classic, morning like, cartoon early, early, early 90s like power rock sort of thing yeah. um and if they're you know i have no problem with the guns and roses but if that's the aesthetic that you're like the the tone you're gonna go for Mix it up with some different groups from that era. It doesn't all yeah. just have to be like a greatest hits of Guns N' Roses thing. But it felt a little bit like what they were doing with the uh, with early Iron Man, where everything was just like his brand is ACDC. That's it. Nothing else. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the kid stuff. Um, I think them getting powers at the end, where Thor bestows them with the powers of Thor's uh, Thor momentarily. Uh, he makes sure to specify yeah, exactly. that. Yeah, <laughs> um, It felt like something kind of out of We Can Be Heroes, which was that Netflix movie with Robert Rodriguez. I felt like um, it just kind of had that feel to it a little bit. Um, and when they were kind of fighting the shadow creatures, I was like, how are these kids really fighting these shadow creatures like this? You know what I mean? Like, who've never been in a fight before at all. I mean, I'm kind of for it though because like it, it sort of feels a bit like the the whole like into the spider-verse thing anyone can be spider-man anyone can wear them yeah and you know i i sort of dig that kind of like populist sentiment to superheroes as opposed to the chosen one sentiment of superheroes hmm. and i you know it may be a little hokey and unrealistic and and whatever cutesy it definitely was cutesy but i kind of dig the sentiment that comes with it of just like anyone can be Thor. Hmm. Yeah, and, and to Ashley's point, I didn't hear anyone making that complaint when when uh, Billy Batson goes, here, everyone, be Shazam too. Like, I, you know, so it's like, if you're going to uh, call it out in this and not, like, I I personally didn't have people give, like giving the movie shit for that. Uh, and, I, and I love Shazam too, so. And I really love Shazam. I think in Shazam, it was like, they turn into kind of like adult bodies. So, you know what I mean? I can't, it was that. And then they were kind of, and some of them were kind of like, I think some of them were like teenagers. Like one girl was like, some of them were teenagers too. Uh, I think Shazam was building to it more. If anything, the complaint with Thor is that it's just like, okay. And now this happens apropos of nothing that has been set up before. I think that's a legitimate criticism, but I got over that real quick because I enjoyed the moment. Yeah. Um, so just a few things and we're going to be moving on, um, to Minions. Um, so with this movie, the way it ends, um, Jane passing away, we mentioned the Valhalla, uh, credit scene, which Idris Elba, nice of him to show up. He kind of showed up as Black Jesus at the end. Uh, good look, good <laughs> yeah, look for him. Black Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool for him. But the other mid credit scene, uh, that we see is that Zeus did not die after Thor threw the thunderbolt through his chest. He didn't die. Um... And then you also see that his son in the film, Hercules, who I was surprised the actor they got to play Hercules. He's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. Hercules, Hercules, everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so I just hope that this means that 
like when Hercules actually like shows up proper, he is forced to square off against Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> yeah. Jason Sudeikis for Reed Richards. Come on, everybody. <laughs> uh, so you have Brent Goldstein from Ted Lasso who shows up uh, as Hercules. I wonder how much of that physique is actually him or how much of it is CGI, I wonder, but um, he's there. Um, so, Hunter, where do you think this is leading with the mid-credit scene of Hercules being introduced? Yeah, so, okay. Um, so, the, so one of the big complaints about Phase 4 is that people like we don't know where we're heading? We're heading for Secret Wars. Why is this so fucking hard for people to grasp? Like we're go- that's where we're heading. Like God fucking damn it, it's not hard to make that connection. But um, because unless you're a hardcore comic nerd that's read it, you don't know what Secret yeah, that that that's fair. But even like casual friends of mine are actually aware of what Secret Wars is. So it's like I I do agree. If you've read, you know, obviously you're more of a comic book reader, you'll know. But I mean, they're setting up Young Avengers. That's way fucking obvious. Uh, like, like, say what you will about like the uh, the Infinity War stuff. They set that up with like five different movie tags at the end, where it's like, yeah, it's like, well, I've assembled one more piece of my glove this yeah. time, and like, they yeah. they built people up to that. They, people knew where that was going. True, and, and I, you know, and, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but. Um, the fact that Marvel's going to be at Comic-Con, I feel like we're getting a full Phase 5, like, rollout, like, announcement. So, because I think people are kind of going, like, where are we heading? And I think that's going to be the very big, like, we're leading, you know, we're leading here. Uh, but as far as uh, where else we're heading, uh, Thor 5 is also going to be Thor versus, uh, uh, versus Hercules, which I'm... That'll just be fun to see because uh, Hercules is such a dick in the comics. I mean, in mythology, he's a, he can be a dick too, but in the Marvel canon, he's really quite an asshole. But then he ends up becoming really one of the most stable and most important, um, I would say, B level uh, members of the Avengers. So, I mean, he could easily end up on an Avengers team if they decide to go that uh, mm. uh, that route. Um, as far as other things, uh, and this is just, you know, nerddom kicking in, um, Valkyrie's, uh, what do you call it? Not, not Unicorn, Steed, I guess. Pegasus. Um, it's, a, it's a Pegasus. <laughs> Pegasus, thank you. Um, but, uh, Aragorn, uh, uh, Aragorn, pardon me. Um, <laughs> that's, that's in the, that's in the, that's in the comics too. But what's interesting is that that's actually originally the, uh, Pegasus of, uh, the Black Knight who's already been introduced uh, in Eternals. So um, that could be a potential connection if they want to go that route too. Because they, they do so uh, show multiple Celestials in uh, Omnipotent City. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're not really acknowledged, but they are shown. And there's one that looks so much like Galactus, and I'm like... I feel like that's yeah. not an accident, and like again, I could just be I, you know, my nerd brain could just be going like uh, reference, but I wouldn't be surprised because we do know the fan, the Fantastic Four out there. Um, we're getting Doctor Doom at some point. We kind of have to, but Galactus is one of the other big bads you could easily do after Kang, um, because that's. Yeah, because King is very important to Secret Wars uh, as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get some sort of um, 
at some point down the road some sort of Galactus actual appearance. But, uh, I mean, it sets uh, this sets up that. It definitely sets up Young Avengers uh, even more. Um, I feel like, too, because there is the outbase in Wakanda or the, uh, the embassy in Wakanda, and I've been saying this and I'll keep saying it, um, a West Coast Avengers seems like a very easy Disney Plus show or movie to do if you wanted to, since you have the Wakandan embassy in Oakland. So, I mean, there's there's multiple directions that they could go, but I think the big overarching one's going to be uh, Secret Wars. So. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, what do you think about Hercules coming in? I think Hercules is a character that I've never really cared for in the comics. <laughs> but then, you know, also so is Thor. Thor is a character I just never have given a crap about, and they've managed to make me like Thor. Actually, be one of my favorite characters in the whole Marvel universe, like in the film version, and that's a credit to both uh, both Taika and uh, and Chris Hemsworth. So, like, my mind is completely open about Hercules. I like the actor, or particular. I mean, the only thing I've seen him on is Ted Lasso. So I like him on Ted Lasso, and I'll. I'm game for whatever they throw at me. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I try to like, I don't know, keep my expectations as, as minimal as possible. And it's not hard with Hercules since I, it's just <laughs> not a character that I is close to my heart in any way. So we'll see what they do. Um, as to whether or not they're like setting up a whole West Coast Avenger thing or like a Young Avenger. Young Avenger seems like it's more kind of like an obvious thing with what they've been setting up because with the um, the Kate Bishop character and Hawkeye and a few of the other characters that they've been setting up, it seems like they're sort of like gearing towards the whole Young Avengers thing. Um, I think a Disney Plus show seems like the smart idea rather than feature film with that. I don't know. We'll, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm excited to see what you know Hercules does. Um. In the future, what they see, what they do. Um. Now that we're coming, like this is going to be Thor five next. This movie, would you say it's? I guess would a good be a good description. It's 68 percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Would you would it be a good word to say divisive kind of with this film? Good one. Guess so because I've seen some really harsh reviews from people out there about the movie. Some people just Damn. absolutely hate this movie, which just kind of astounds me. Um, I, the thing that I I, it almost sounds dismissive to say it, but it seems like the most real, realistic reasoning for it is that I think a lot of people just kind of hit fatigue with these movies. Yeah, and they just don't care about them anymore. But they are still positioned as the movies and the monoculture that you need to be part of. And I don't blame anyone if they have fatigue with these movies at this point, because like even I feel it, even though I'm like still completely on board with these films. But there's also like a certain level of like, ah, here we go again to it. You know, it's like and eventually it's just it's gonna hit a brick wall where people just start tuning out. And it's going to be before they've decided to wrap it up. It's the audience will decide it's done before Marvel does. So, so it's I, I that that's what I think the negative reaction is, um, and I think it's the fact that people don't know where this is all headed. It just seems so scattershot. Um, yeah. So, with you kind of the reaction with this film, do you think they're going to course correct and maybe change directors, change the tone? Nah. Or do you think they're going to kill? No. Okay. 
they, I they, think Kevin yeah. Feige knows exactly what their plan is, and yeah. he knows he's not going to deviate that from that one bit, and people will get on board or they'll won't. And yeah, he, he seems to be. He seems to have been fairly committed to that from day one. Hmm. But I mean, they they did course correct with Thor after Thor: The Dark World, and they did do like, okay, well, we need. Seems like we need a change here in things and style and tone. So, but Taika's also like someone who's in house with Star Wars too. So I think they have way too much invested in Taika to go. Oh yeah, now you need to course correct Thor. I think they'll let him continue to do mm. um, to to do his vision. Um, I agree with Ashley a thousand percent. Uh, Papa Feige has uh, hasn't let me down. hasn't hasn't significantly let me down yet. Is what is what I'll say. And and I'll be the one to say it. I, I think a lot of people are just being assholes about this because again, we have a woman Thor, and because Phase Four has been the most diverse phase that we've had. I mean, we have. Kamala Khan now. We have a black Captain America, and do I need to even fucking remind people about how shitty people were about... We had to have Chris Evans come out and go, I'm not Captain America anymore. Anthony Mackie is. And people are still like, not my Captain America. Yeah, so people are just being really pretty shitty about the fact that we are... These are getting more uh, diverse. And they're not they're not done yet, people. Like, we got Ironheart coming up. <laughs> like there's gonna be a black black person wearing Iron Man armor. Uh, sorry, another one. <laughs> so you know that's gonna yeah. piss people off too. So I, you know, so I think that is a part of it that people just aren't bringing up. Um, I'm kind of right there. Where if if you think this is one of the worst movies of the year, like you must have just woken up from a coma and this <laughs> the first movie you saw because yeah. Morbius exists, Uncharted exists. Uh, 365 Days exists, Tall Girl 2 exists, like, there's there's so much more shit that's come out this year that's way yeah, worse than this. Exists. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you already forgot about Jurassic World, did you? Yeah, yeah. oh, well, no, so I, I bitch about that for, like, two weeks to the point that even I was just like, I need to put this on my brain, but fuck you, Colin Trevor, but I, but... Yeah, there's so much worse that's come out this year. So if you're saying that this is one of the worst films of the year, you, you haven't seen shit. Like, I'm sorry, you just haven't. So, yeah, I, a little I, bit that Marvel's like the the big kid on the playground. It's like you know, if you're gonna take pot shots at like the the you know the person that's standing at the top of the hill, it's still Marvel. That's it, they've been there for yeah. a long time. They've yeah, been doing but, these movies but, for 14 years now. 14. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy, but that's a long time to be king of the hell. Yeah, but also I I will be the person to say this shit too. Either say that Rotten Tomatoes matters or it doesn't. Because if I see one more Snyder stand go like, oh, see, it's rated this low, but oh, what about BVS? Shut up! Like, like y- y'all, like, figure out your discourse <laughs> and stick with it. Like, I'm really sick of reading that shit. But um, I I do think that after Comic Con it'll be more clear where we're heading. So, you know, we'll see if that helps with the discourse or, or not. But, you know, Miss Marvel Depending got... on how much they reveal there, because typically they do it on their own, like, uh, their own Disney stage. Yeah, D23, yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if we get, like, a full... I think we'll get a, a full Phase 5 reveal. I think we'll get a reveal from, like, the rest of this year, which, I mean, we already know, but through, like, I'll say 20... I'll go 2024, 
I'll, I'll go that far. I think we'll get like a two year roadmap of where we're at. Yeah. We're heading, but, um, um, but yeah, this is something I really enjoyed and yeah, I look forward to watching it in what Disney plus like 45 days, <laughs> something like that. So, um, so what's left in phase four is to be a black Panther Wakanda forever, which is coming in November. That's the last film Mon- of this year. Mon Coogler, please for the love of God. <laughs> Come on, man. I, uh, I have faith, even though we've, uh, even though we're down an actor on that one. Yeah, which, ugh, but Letitia Wright, wear your mask, god fucking damn it. <laughs> uh, and then you also have She-Hulk, which is the last Disney Plus show, Marvel Disney Plus show that's, that's going to be this year. Uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah. Then you get. I'm, I'm a big She-Hulk stan, so. Oh, same. That, that, uh, one, that one's for me. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which comes out next year, May 5th. Uh, and then uh, February, we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, a.k.a. Yep. I-, I feel like we'll see Kang before then, I think. Well, in Guardians but, 3, isn't he? Uh, I mean, he might be. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. But, um, but, but Ant-Man comes out before Guardians. Yes, so in theory, it does. We should see. Yeah, Thank you. Yes, but... I feel like we'll get Kang before then. Um, even if I have to wait until Ant Man yeah, the Wasp. We got the we got the introduction in Loki. Yeah, yeah and, and then, so I feel like there's got to be like another brief setup at some point. Yeah, but Jonathan Major is like a perfect actor because he looks a shocking. Like when I saw his face, I went, "Oh my god, he does look like Kang." I never even fucking thought about that. <laughs> so I'm I, I'm excited to see him. Um, hopefully, not kill Scott. But yeah. maybe kill Scott. So yeah, I, I'm really excited for it, man. And then you have the Marvels, which is coming out July 28th, 2023. Um, and then Fantastic Four, I think is going to be the end of Phase Four. Like that's supposed to be the last movie of that phase. Um, which we don't even have a director or actor. No, the, yeah. I think Comic Con we get a full. I, I think we get a full. You know, I'll, I'll take two big swings right now. I think we get a full cast announcement for Fantastic Four. And I think we get, uh, I think we get X Men confirmation. Um, I, I, I think you're walking out on a limb that you're gonna fall off. Oh, and I am willing to fall off a limb, but I, I'm gonna take that swing. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call both of those right now. Yeah. I think we're years away from them acknowledging doing anything with X Men. And you could be totally right. Um. So, final question: Phase four. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, and with these movies that have currently been released in Phase 4, where do you kind of put Thor, Love, and Thunder? I think it's a mixed bag for the most part with Phase 4. I like most of what they're doing. Um, I don't think there's been any real big failures. No, there hasn't been any failures in my book. Uh, Love and Thunder is probably near the top for me. It's definitely the most fun I've had in, in in anything in Phase 4, that's for sure. Um, is it the best movie of Phase 4? Yeah, I think so. I think I liked it more than Spider-Man and more than Doctor Strange. Mm. Hunt? Um, I'm digging Phase 4. Like, everything, for the most part, it's like, like a B-plus is its mean, which, you know, like, if that's your mean, I'm more than okay with that. Um, my favorite Marvel thing that's not an Avengers film came out in Phase 4, which is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's it's honestly one of my favorite seasons of television. I, I love Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan so much in that fucking in that fucking show. And I love Shang-Chi. And uh, 
Multiverse of Madness for me is like a perfect blend of Raimi shit with Marvel shit. I mean, I didn't know that I needed a music note fight, but I got that shit and I was like, well, goddamn it, Sam Raimi, you brilliant bastard. Like I I I'm I'm liking phase four. I'm not it's not as good as phase three, which I think is, you know, the the big I don't even want to say complaint, but coming off phase three, if this feels like a step down, I guess you could say that. But um but I've dug, I dug Shang-Chi, um, I dug, um, uh, I dug no, uh, Multiverse of Madness quite a bit. Um, no Way Home is something that, um, as a Spider-Man simp, I, I really adore, even though there are issues with it. But, uh, and Miss Marvel is one of my favorite, like, if they can stick that landing, that'll be right there with Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. I just, I, I love... Kamala Khan, like, I'm such a fan of the character and I just love how she's being portrayed and the fact that we're getting scenes in a mosque um, in an MCU show is just it's fucking wild to me in the best fucking way, so um, yeah, I, I'm really liking Phase 4 I'm, I'm curious where She-Hulk's gonna go, because She-Hulk interacts with so many characters, you could really pull anyone you really want to make that work so i I, i'm very intrigued by she hulk in particular and i am scared for wakanda forever because you know obviously we lost chadwick and i just i don't know what you do with that movie like i I really don't like i i know namor's in there and i know we get the introduction of uh riri williams aka iron heart so there is stuff that movie look forward to, but that's just that's such an insane ask without Shadowick. I just don't know how you make it work. But trusting Kugler. I, I know I'm I'm trusting the Coogs. Uh, we're friends. Um, I'm, I'm trusting I'm trusting in Coogler, but you know, like and and Ashley and I have talked about this. You know, there's a reason why why women slash uh, people of color characters we're always so invested in them doing a movie or a show because if they fuck that shit up, they won't try again for another decade. Right. I mean, I mean, how long? Like, they made a, DC made that Supergirl movie in, what, 88? And how long did it take to first get that show? Like, I... So, I'm really concerned about Wakanda Forever, but I have faith. I, I feel like we've moved out of that quite a bit. Like, you know, you could have, like, looked at something like Black Widow be, like, you know... Uh, it got enough negative reaction that maybe that would be like a little bit of a death knell that like Marvel just doesn't try to do female-led stuff for, you know, anymore, at least for a little while but Fe- Feige is very dedicated to bringing these types of characters to the forefront, he knows it's important yeah, so I'm just I so I'm scared as a person of color for Wakanda Forever, because I remember all the bullshit reviews when the film was excellent, so you know, a good to bad Black Panther film would be a whole other wave. So, come on, <laughs> it'll be fine. Hopefully, but yeah. there's there's going to be some hot bad takes out there when it comes out. Oh, absolutely! I can, I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this phase four, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been kind of a big mixed bag. I think there's some movies that could have been, you know, uh, my favorite, like Shang Chi. I love the first half, but I think the second half really drops off heavy and goes downhill. I think uh, oh, dragons, give me dragons, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, the weakest I think is is you know Black Widow and Eternals of this phase, two of the weakest movies yeah. uh, that, that that were there, um, and then everything else it just kind of feels like I think you know 
you know, No Way Home, I think a lot of it is carried by nostalgia and, and, and all that stuff, yeah. you know, of, of that past. Multiverse of Madness, I would say maybe right now is maybe my favorite uh, of uh, of these Phase 4 movies. I think maybe it's the best Elizabeth movie. Olsen going nuts. Fucking love it. Uh, I think <laughs> love the it thing so. I was probably most tepid on in this entire thing was probably Moon Knight. Interesting. I thought it, I thought it had some good stuff in it, and I did like it, but I, I never got around to loving that show. My big issue with Moon Knight is I needed that finale to be another 20 minutes longer. Like, because episode 5 is so fucking great, and I'm just like, that finale's good, but it's like, it should have been great, and yeah. yeah. But, I think Arthur Isaac carried that show and was doing some incredible oh, work. Absolutely. But like, outside of that, I think the show had a bunch of problems. Yeah. Okay. Um, alright. Uh, that was Thor. Love and Thunder. Spoiler review. <laughs>